hello, Career Nation. Welcome to the Deliver on Your Business podcast, where you are the boss. Each week, we talk about how to make the most of your business as an independent contractor, as a courier delivering for gig economy apps like Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, and so many others. Well, hey, Courier Nation, welcome back once again. And uh, some of you may have noticed that this is Tuesday, uh, that uh, we didn't have an episode on Friday. And uh, it's because I made the decision to go ahead and uh, move the podcast to the first part of the week. A lot of that is because I do a weekly newsletter. You can sign up for that. There's a link in the show notes. But uh, I put that out at the beginning of the week, too. And I wanted to kind of have the two run together. And so that's kind of what's been going on here. And uh, this week, we're going to talk about two different things. They're kind of the same thing, but they're different enough that I actually did two different posts, uh, but um, we'll combine them into this episode today. And they're both have it to do with this whole idea of going forward. Where do we go from here? What happens from here now that there seems to be a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel? And so the first part of it is talking about, you know, what does that mean for us as delivery contractors? And I also want to chat with you a little bit about what does that mean for the website? You know, where, where, it is, where should Entree Courier be going? I would love to get some feedback from you on that. Folks, I am hoping like crazy that that light at the end of the tunnel is not just an oncoming train. You know what I'm saying? We're starting to see the cases start to drop now. We're starting to see um, talk uh, from governors, from the president, about trying to open things up a little bit now. Uh, in uh, Colorado here, the uh, governor announced that uh, he will be lifting the stay-at-home orders at the end of this week. And so there are some things like that that maybe there's a chance that things can start to move back to kind of a normal life. And so what is life going to be like when we get back to normal? That might not be a legitimate question, to be honest, because I'm not sure there's ever going to really be normal. You know what I'm saying? I don't think we're going to see restaurants offering dine-in service for a while. We're not going to be seeing some of the crowds, some of the different things where you get a lot of people together for a while because they're going to be very cautious about moving forward. And so, but what's, what's it going to be like when things happen? And, uh, I'm wondering what it's going to mean for, um, you know, our restaurants going to continue to take some of the extreme measures that they take. You know, they shut off access to the bathrooms. They keep the drivers outside. How long is that thing going to happen? I will say that I've seen things get a lot more efficient. Will that efficiency continue? Uh, I like how this has kind of forced the restaurants into thinking things through about getting food to the customer to the drivers without clogging up the dining room and without all the wait times. And so, are those improvements going to continue, or will that go back to normal? What are you going to do? For those of you that stopped delivering, when do you think you might go back to delivering? I I started back this last week just a little bit. I only did about 20 hours, but I'll tell you what, I made about 35 bucks an hour. So it's kind of like maybe I should have done 40. I don't know. What's it going to be like? Where, where are you going to go? And uh, what are you going to do? Are, um do you think you'll continue delivering once everything goes back to normal? Or were you somebody that just started delivering recently and you get back to work? And so uh, if work opens up, are you going to go back to whatever you were doing? And it's, it's just, it's going to be interesting to see where things go. 
are things going to stay busy for deliveries? You know, in some places, you know, deliveries were up. You know, there's there's no disputing that. But it wasn't always an increase in business for drivers because what happened is you had, in a lot of cases, a lot of new people coming in to drive and the supply of drivers became so much greater than the demand that it slowed things down for people. So I'm curious to see what happens with this whole saturation once people start going back to work. And, you know, here's here's another issue that, that could improve things for drivers in the short term. And that has to do with say, states are starting to open up the applications now for gig workers for unemployment. So how many delivery drivers will quit driving because they can take unemployment? And or can they quit driving to take unemployment? Uh, I'm just I'm really curious to see what that's going to mean. And if that happens, will that make things a little better for the drivers that continue to keep going out there? What happens with the restaurants and the people delivering and everything like that or the people that are getting deliveries? You know, did you get enough new people introduced to delivery that we're going to continue to ride that wave? Or are we going to get to the point where people are just sick of delivery and combined with the weather getting better and things like that and people feeling safer going out, that delivery takes a huge drop? I don't know. I'm, I'm curious what that's going to be like. Here's another question. What happens to the delivery companies? Are they going to survive this? And, and I don't know, survival seems like a weird question, but I think a couple of them have kind of shot themselves in the foot and how they did things. And... Are the long-term repercussions of that going to hurt them? Maybe even topple them. I know one company that could really suffer, and that's DoorDash, because they have had such a hard time keeping up with this between support and just having their app work, you know? DoorDash is already bad with their app. I've talked about this before, and now I've talked about how they're known for their door crash Friday. Well, they kind of like decided to say, here, hold my beer. We're going to make it even worse than you could imagine especially this last week or so. And they've got so many issues with all of that. And then on top of that, support has been horrible. And this was because DoorDash, you know, I, I, I think I wrote an article about this before, but that they weren't paying attention or they chose not to pay attention. You know, back when this was all starting to happen and it was impacting a lot of the uh, nations closer to China, They should have been paying attention. And there's one reason that they should have been paying attention because almost all of their support comes from a call center in the Philippines, one of the earliest places struck and one of the places that has had the most severe lockdowns as far as their people. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know this on 100% authority, but I'm pretty sure that that call center didn't have the technology to be able to just let their call center workers work from home when this all happened. So basically what happened is they had no call center. They had no support staff. And I don't think DoorDash ever invested in the technology to allow them to pivot during this time. They weren't paying attention. They didn't start saying that, oh man, this could knock out our support. And if it comes this way, you know, what are we going to do? And uh, businesses, especially businesses that side should be paying attention to that kind of stuff. And they didn't. And so you've got a lot of people that are customers, you've got a lot of people that are restaurants, and even some drivers that are just fed up with DoorDash. 
And when the dust settles on this thing and people can go out and start getting food and everything like that, is DoorDash going to be the one that's going to be hurt the most? What does this do with their long-term reputation with the restaurants? I think there could be some fallout there. You know, one of the things that came to the forefront in a lot of this whole thing is how much commission is being charged to these uh, uh, restaurants. The thing is, restaurants can barely break even, even when they pay out as much as what they do on deliveries, because delivery is not a profit center for these restaurants. A lot of people don't realize that, but at best, usually they're breaking even. You know, a restaurant, usually it costs them about 80% or so of what they charge between their overhead, their labor, and the food. So it's costing them about 80%. And these restaurants are charging 20, 30% of their um, orders as a commission, which basically means a restaurant is at best, they're breaking even. Now, a lot of those restaurants, they're, they're okay with that. And the reason they're okay with that is because it gives them exposure to people. And eventually those people will come into the restaurant and that's when they get the chance to make the money. So it's kind of like almost like a free marketing as they look at it. But now when the people can't come in, they have to rely on the delivery. And so this has really brought a lot of attention to that. San Francisco, I think, put a cap of 15% of what these companies could charge. And the thing is, is, you know, let's say if you sell, if, if it costs $30 for the food that you get, basically it's costing that restaurant 21 to $24 or something like that. And, but then when the delivery company is charging like $9 in commission, you see where that's kind of a problem that it's costing more. Well, Grubhub, Grubhub decides, yeah, hold my beer on this one. It's their turn to have you hold their beer because first of all, they made a big deal about how they're going to help restaurants out, right? They're going to waive all these delivery fees and they were going to give restaurants a bunch of money, but it really turned into something. I think a lot more predatory because they didn't waive the delivery fees. They deferred them. What that means is the restaurants still have to charge those or the, the restaurants still have to pay those fees. It's just, they, they're just saying you can wait a couple months to pay, pay us back. So they kind of put these restaurants now in kind of like an indentured servitude or something like that. They had restaurants had to sign up for a, a, a long-term commitment to be able to take advantage of that. And then these restaurants, they sent out money to restaurants so that they could do this little $10 off on $30 orders. So they sent some money to do that. Well, they sent enough money to cover like 25 orders. If it went more than that, the rest of it came out of the restaurant's pocket. And oh, by the way, Grubhub wanted the restaurant to charge $10 less, but they were going to, they charged the restaurant, the commission on the full price. So it's kind of like, yeah, we're going to give you $10, but we're going to force you to give us three back. And it's this kind of thing that, you know, I think it's really damaged their relationship with a lot of their restaurant partners. And what's the long-term damage going to be with that? When these customers are done with that, I can guarantee that they're looking for alternatives. They're looking for different ways to do things. And I can guarantee somebody's going to come up with a way to make it better, to do things a little better for the sake of the restaurants. I know of a tiny little place here in Northern Colorado that is kind of run basically by, I think it's owned by restaurants or whatever. And they're, they're competing with all the big guys and everything, but you're going to start seeing more of that stuff. I think on top of that, there's the whole independent contractor thing. You know, California passed AB five. It was a law that 
you, you listen to the lady that uh, kind of headed the whole thing up and you could tell that it was aimed at gig companies in particular. And, and the whole idea was to try and force these companies to hire employees instead of contractors. And I can see stuff on both sides of the whole argument and everything like that. But, but the deal is that so far, nothing has changed. And a lot of that is California hasn't been enforcing it yet. Part of it is they don't have the money. Part of it is with this whole pandemic. They just don't have the time to put into enforcing it and everything. This whole pandemic has kind of been a big distraction there. But once the dust settles, I think you're going to see them start doubling down on this. And a part of the reason is because this whole thing has brought a lot of attention to the fact that gig workers don't have a safety net. Now, you know, part of this whole stimulus package and the uh, pandemic uh, PUA, the pandemic unemployment assistance, has uh, been something that, you know what, it, uh, they said, okay, we're going to allow gig workers to take unemployment. And, uh, but you can bet now that all this attention has been put on gig workers not being able to do unemployment, not being covered for things, not having a safety net. You're going to see more of an effort to start forcing this. New Jersey, before this ever happened, they had sent a fine to Uber for several million dollars. I think it was like about 600 or 700 million dollars for unemployment fees. New York, their highest court, not that long ago, ruled that a Postmates employee was an, or a Postmates worker, I will call him a Postmates employee because that's what they ruled, that he was an employee. And basically, that one is bigger than AB5. I'm going to tell you that right now. And I'm, I'm still blown away that this is so much under the radar that not too many people are paying attention to that because this is a final decision in the state courts. It's the highest court in the state. There's no room for appeal. There's no room for companies now to go back and say, we're going to make an out-of-court settlement. There have been judgments in the past, but there's always a place to appeal it. And usually before it gets appealed or anything like that, the company settle out of court, but there's no settling now. There's no appeal. This is going to happen. And, and it applies to all the delivery companies. The reasoning that they used applies to all of those delivery companies and probably to the rideshare companies as well. And I, you know, I think that's going to be, there's going to be a huge shockwave in New York. And what does that do nationwide? What does that do if more and more states are starting to force these companies to get out of the independent contractor? If these companies have to hire employees, what does that do to us? So these are all things that you just, you got to ask yourself when you look at all those questions, what does that mean to us? And I don't know the answer. I'm not, you know, and, and my whole point of bringing this whole up today isn't to try and answer that question, but it's more to make it think about the questions themselves and and hopefully to get you to start paying attention to where are things going what's happening where's this whole thing going to lead and how do we recover from whatever happens as a result of all of this pay attention to what's happening out there ask the questions and watch how it's playing out cuz i'm going to tell you i'm not a prophet i definitely learned that early on you know, back in early March when they announced that, okay, March Madness is canceled, and then they canceled, you know, the entire college baseball season, and I thought, well, that's nuts. You know, that's that's way too far out to say no to these things later on. They canceled the College World Series, and uh, I'm from back in Nebraska, and College World Series, it happens in Omaha, and it's a big deal in Omaha. And I thought, oh, man, that's that's insane. 
I figured we're going to be out of this by then. It's all going to be settled down by then. Well, you know, here we are, we're almost into May and now they're starting to wonder if we're going to have a football season this year. So I, I learned, <laughs> I, I sure couldn't see the future. And uh, so I'm not going to try and sell the future right now. But what I will say is I really, really hope that you use this time to start thinking through where do you go from here? What can you do with all this? If things change and they change for the worse, what do you do? We don't know if they're going to change. We don't know how it's all going to land, but you can start preparing for this. I just made a big deal about how DoorDash should have been watching what's going on and should have been making some contingency plans with their support and different things like that. They didn't do it, and I think it's going to hurt them. And here's the deal, folks. You're in the same boat. You can start seeing some things happen. You can understand that there's questions. You can understand that some things may be changing. So what are you doing? I really hope that this time has been something that has helped you kind of step back, take a look at what's going on around, start thinking about maybe an exit plan. I really encourage you to go to episode uh, seven and you can go to entrecourier.com slash seven to get to that or uh, just, uh, you know, scroll through the uh, episodes in the podcast to get to number seven. It talks about an exit plan. It talks about thinking about where you go from here, that when, when you do anything as a business, You need to think about what happens beyond that business. What do you do when things change? Because things could be changing. How good are you at pivoting? And that leads me into talking about the website, because part of the reason that I took time off to do this, you know, uh, to stop delivering for a little while was to start thinking and looking at different things that I could do. Uh, with this website and with some other things in my life, as far as where do I want to go with stuff? And fortunately I could take some time off. Um, I'm going to start probably rolling back out a little bit here and there on delivery, but I'm also thinking about what does this mean for the entree courier? And I want to get your thoughts on just your perception of this website, of this podcast and, and where things could be going, where you think things should be going. So let me tell you a little bit about, you know, when I started this website and some of the thoughts in it, because I'm kind of getting at this fork in the road and, uh, and it's, I think it's a fork in the road that isn't necessarily tied to the pandemic, but it definitely gave me a chance to start thinking and looking ahead at where we could go. So it kind of brought me to a, a, a turning point, I guess I would say. Now I started this website with the idea that, okay, I could spend a year or so just focusing on content. Let's just put out, let's just put out as much good information as I could. You know, it was about provide value, provide value, put everything out that I could put out and not expect anything in return. And that continues to be my goal. I want to continue to provide as much good information, advice, just helpful content without expecting anything in return. And, uh, and I can remember some good advice that I picked up from some people, along the way that pretty much just said, you know what, focus on your content, build the audience, and eventually the audience is going to guide you where to go next. And I think I'm starting to get to that point. I was already thinking that, okay, now I need to start planning on where do I go next and start looking for whatever that guidance is. And, you know, this pandemic, I think probably just kind of brought that more to the forefront. I've been a little bit surprised, to be honest, how much the website has grown. I mean, it's been like about a 30% growth every month, and I don't know what's really doing it. But I'm not going to argue with it, you know. 
It's been fun. And so I hope that that means that I'm doing exactly what I wanted to do, and that's provide useful information. But I'm starting to see some things too. I see, you know, certain articles that have been getting more attention. I see the things that people are clicking on as far as their links, and that's starting to give me some direction. And this one, I thought that, you know, that's part of what I wanted to do with uh, today's episode is to see what other direction I could get from you. And uh, now you may have noticed in the last week a, a drop in content. There's pretty much been no content in the last week. And uh, other than this little thing about my uh, logo um, search that I'm doing. In fact, I missed a weekend really for the first time ever on the podcast as, as part of that. And part of that was that plan to move it up to the earlier part of the week. But a lot of that was because, you know, I wanted to, I'd, I'd been putting some time into building some things on the back end and working on some different things as well as some other projects. But it's more of like right now, the stuff I was working on, I think it put me more into a building mode and not so much of a creative mode. Because a couple of times I sat down and said, maybe I'll come up with some kind of an article to put out, but... I think I realized in the middle of that, that, okay, now I'm just going to be putting out stuff just for the sake of putting it out. And I don't ever want to get to that point. So I'm just, I'm, I'm putting this thought into where is this going? Where, where should the entree courier be going? And it's not that I'm going to be cutting back at all. Uh, in fact, I, I plan to kind of ramp up production again, as far as uh, content and different things. And I got some ideas of some of the content that I want to put together. But I also want to get feedback from you. I want to get your thoughts. And so there's a couple of ways that I'm going to ask you to do that. And that one is you can email me, ron at entrecourier.com, and give me your thoughts. You can comment on the associated posts. And I'll, um, like I said, I'll have a link in the show notes for the, uh, the post that's related to this. And in that also, I'm going to put together a survey. And I'm going to really ask you, would you please, if, if if anything has been helpful about this website or this podcast, please go over and fill out the survey and, and give me some of your thoughts about some of the things that I'm asking about, because I want to get some of your thoughts. So here's a couple of things that where I really want to focus on in the coming months. One of those is I want to do more to kind of build a community. I I love the engagement that I do get, uh, the comments that I get on the website, and uh, I love when I get I get the emails, I get uh, different comments, I get thoughts, and uh, there's there's just kind of a shot in the arm every time I get something like that. It means the world to me. But a lot of this so far has been me just putting out information. You know, this is what it is. This is what it is. This is what I think. And I want to start getting more into things about what you think. And I want to start getting some stuff. And so be a little more intentional about just building a community, finding ways that I can listen to you, finding ways that you can share information and ideas with other people. And, uh, but I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to be honest is that I'm, I'm a little hesitant, maybe even scared to go this route. And, and one of the reasons that I'm a little nervous about it is because one of the most popular ways to do that is to create a Facebook group. And I've thought about that a number of times. It's easy and it's free, but my experience with what I've seen with Facebook groups for drivers, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a reason for that to even exist. You know what I mean? I've just, I've seen it backfire on some people. I've seen some that have been able to do it pretty well, but it's like, 
those Facebook groups bring out the worst in people. And I don't want to do that. If you've been to any of the groups, like for the DoorDash drivers or the Grubhub groups or anything, you just know what I mean. Okay. You, you can just tell when you go through the, there is so much snark. There is so much, there are so many trolls. There is so much nastiness that I just, I don't want to give, I, I don't want to create a place where that's going to grow, you know? And, and I could do that maybe, and I could monitor it, but how much time do I want to put into monitoring that kind of thing? And, and so I don't know, you know, that's something I've thought about. So, and I, I'm going to realize too, I mean, I have to admit that I think sometimes in those groups, it can bring out the worst in me. I've gotten into some discussions with people and I've gone full on snark, you know? <laughs> and so I just don't want to create that. But is there a way to create a community where where you can build on one another up without all the snark, without all the nastiness, the trolls, any of that stuff? And is there a way to do it better if it's done somewhere else? I've, you know, there, there are groups on LinkedIn. And I know LinkedIn seems kind of a little crazy because you just don't think of LinkedIn for delivery drivers, but we're business owners. It's not that far of a stretch. Maybe some other places, uh, Patreon, a couple of people who do some groups on Patreon. And uh, there's there's some other sites that are designed for just building your own community, but you just can't do it as easily as yeah you can when you can just go into the group while you're in Facebook. You know what I'm saying? So those are some things. And I would love your thoughts as far as if you would be interested in any kind of community and where do you think it ought to be and what do you think it be it should look like? So please let me know on that. Here's another question that I've got that, that I'm, I'm really working with. And uh, some of it probably entered into moving this past, you know, a couple of days, but uh, or moving this to the early part of the week. But it's also this question of where should I be going with this podcast? You know, and, and maybe even ask the question, should I be going with this podcast? I get a lot of wonderful comments on it. And, and I, I've been happy. I haven't had the trolls show up that some people get. So maybe you're doing something right somewhere, but I also got to say it's, it's not getting anywhere. I'm not getting a lot of traction on it so far. Uh, the, the number of listens or downloads, it's been pretty steady across the board. It's been okay, but it just, it hasn't been growing. And it gives me the sense, I think I've got a handful of loyal listeners and that kind of blows me away a little bit. And there are some stragglers that come in here and there, but not really any growth. So I've got to be honest. And, and, and I wonder how much value is this really bringing? And is it bringing value beyond what's on the website? And, uh, you know, the fact is I'm putting just about everything that's uh, in the podcast onto an associated post on the website. And so, you know, I see that some of these posts have got actually literally thousands of views, but definitely not thousands of listens. You know what I'm saying? And so I wonder, is my time better spent on other things? It does take a little bit of time to put this together. And if I'm only getting a hundred listeners or something, you know, is that, is that something I have to think about? Or is there something that I could do better at on the website, you know? And, and is there something you want to hear more of? Do you want more interviews? Um, do you not want interviews? Do you want more focus on just the practical advice and the tips and the information or more stuff about the industry news and the commentary? And is there something that you would like more than what you're getting right now with this? And I'd love to get your thoughts as far as that goes. 
What is it that could bring you the most value and help you the most? And do you think could help other drivers the most? And then I asked the question, okay, what else could I add to the website? Okay, I'm going to tell you one thing. I, I would like to have more time to work on the website. You know, I, I have been up until the last couple of weeks driving pretty close to full time. I just kind of do this on the side, but I also want to get my other projects off the ground and give them some time. So I've got to find some ways to take some time off of something. And, you know, that's one reason that I, you know, I've added some affiliate links. If you've paid attention on the website, it's kind of like advertising, but I don't want to get all overwhelming with the advertising, but I, you know, post links to things on Amazon, uh, KTOM, Restaurant is one that I've started adding some links to and things like that. And the the way it works with an affiliate link is if you click on the link and you go through and you purchase something, then I get a little bit of kind of like a referral fee. It's usually not very much at all for any one item. Uh, It might be as much as a dollar or so. But what it does do is it provides a little bit of money to help operate this site because I've been doing it entirely out of pocket up to this point until I started doing this. And the nice thing is, you know, nowadays you can do websites and even podcasts for not that much money, but it does cost money. But I'm getting to a point too, where it's like, okay, can I increase some revenue? And, and if that increased revenue can let me spend less time driving, then I can put more time into this site or there's some more things that I could do. So I'm looking at different ways, you know, what can I do to kind of add to the website and be able to do that, but also do it in a way that is thoughtful, that is sensitive, that doesn't leave you thinking that it's all about the money. I got a couple of sites that I can think of. I like them and they provide some good information, but my gosh, everything you look at is all about bringing money in. And, and I just don't want to be that guy, you know? So here are some thoughts on some things that I've thought about, and I'd love to get your ideas on this. Okay. You know, one is I could sell delivery bags. That's one of the first things that comes to mind when I watch the activity happening on the website. There are a lot of people click to links to different products. And and in particular, you know, I've, I had a couple of things where I talked about whether you should have delivery bags. And I talked, I, I linked to some specific delivery bags on Amazon and on a couple of other sites. And most of the stuff, you know, a good share of the stuff, I don't get any kind of payment or there's no affiliate stuff for it, but I link to them because I think they're good bags, you know, and, and they're affordable. And, one thing I'm looking to do is kind of introduce, you know, maybe to start more of an entry level bag. And it's going to be something that's probably closer to the, you know, the floppy little bags that you get with DoorDash and Postmates. They're not great. They're not, they're not what I would normally use, but what they are is something that could be a good thing for somebody to start with that, uh, you know, especially that doesn't want to run around with that DoorDash or Postmates logo on. Cause I could do something that just has maybe like a, you know, my logo on there and, and, uh, but just has, it says something like a independent delivery professional. So it stands out clear that this is for delivery, but they don't have to go and advertise DoorDash or Grubhub or Postmates or Uber Eats or anything like that. And, and it, especially for those of us that work multiple apps, you know, I always thought I, yeah, I've, I've bought bags. Uh, I, I started buying bags mainly because I didn't want to be running around with the logos. So Start with something small, maybe add some larger bags to the arsenal, you know, that uh, the small ones, the reason I would start with that small, small flimsy one is I can afford to start that way. Uh, 
and then build that up to a point where I can start, uh, you know, save up and then start bringing in some larger bags. And so, you know, is that something that you'd be interested in doing? Or would you be interested in other gear? You know, let's say shirts, you know, the same type of thing, you know, a shirt that just identifies you as, as an independent delivery professional. And you don't have to have the Grubhub or DoorDash logo or anything, but it helps you stand out or a ball cap or maybe even a fedora. Uh, how about even, you know, um, supplies that you would need things like, uh, cell phone holders, different things like that. Another area I can go is coaching or training. You know, I've wondered about, can I introduce some group coaching? Can I introduce some different things that are either a series or individual things, a webinar? You know, is there like a, a beginner course to, to help people just get started with their delivery business and help train them the things to look for and, and help them get off on the right foot? Or is anybody interested in anything that just kind of helps existing drivers improve their earnings, but is a little more structured than just finding the articles on my website. You know what I'm saying? Maybe some webinars on things like, you know, taxes or on certain delivery methods or different things like that. So those are some of the things that I'm thinking about. And, but if I add them, I want to make sure I do it in a way that's useful in a way that doesn't put pressure on people to buy that, that still communicates that I want to provide information and I want to provide it without any expectation of return but if there are some things that I can help you with it and can help support the site, then then that can be you know, helpful for both of us. And that can allow me to put more time into putting out more useful information. You see where I'm going with that? And so th- those are some of the thoughts. And I would love to get your thoughts on that. If you could go to the survey link that I put on there, that would help me so much. That's where the new logo came in. You know, I mentioned that I put a post up that I'm trying to choose logos. Uh, you may have seen the article there that, uh, okay, I need some help with that. It was something that I did through a website called 99designs, and I just had a lot of people submitted ideas for it, and then I just had to choose the final logo. And so that was not easy. It was an interesting process, and there were some weird things in that process, but there was a lot of good stuff, and it was hard to narrow it down. But I came down to something I really like. and But part of the reason for that was okay, if I'm going to start putting out merchandise, I need something that looks a little more, I don't know, what would you call it? Professional than, you know, the stuff that I've put together on sitting on my own on, on, um, Photoshop and stuff like that. And so the logo I got, it's got, uh, it's got the little guy. He's kind of like running or something like that with his delivery bag. And he's got the bow tie and the fedora, which was a good fit. And I just felt like it was something that kind of, it fits who I am. It fits the website. But it also kind of, you know, sticks with this whole idea of who we are, delivery people. And I just, I, I, I like it for the merchandise, for the branding. So once again, I would love to get your thoughts. I would love to hear from you as far as where is this website helping you? Where could it help you better? What kind of things would you be interested in? Are any of the things that I talked about things that would turn you off? And so if you could go to the uh, entrecourier.com slash contact, you can email me there. You can leave me a voicemail message there, or you can go to the link to the survey and, and I'll have specific questions about each of these different things. It shouldn't be a very long one, just a couple of minutes to go through that. Anything like that, that would help me get a feel for what you want, for what attracts you to the site, what you think is useful. It really helps me figure out how to go forward. Guys, I'm very optimistic about where things could be going. I 
think there are going to be some changes. But I also think that I think we're on the downside of this whole thing. I think life will be getting closer to normal. And it's just kind of like, where does that lead us from here? And I really encourage you to start thinking through that. Start looking at where you want to go with your life. And maybe this is the catalyst to get you into where you would love to be, who you would want to be. And just really take advantage of that. I thank you for joining me again. And uh, thank you just for being part of Courier Nation. And if any of this is helpful, you know, one, let me know. Two, let me know where it's not. But three, let other people know. Because that helps me be found by more. And the more people that I can find, I think the more people can help to take control of their business. And that's what I'm going to ask you to do from here. Just take control of your business, take control of your life, take control of things, even in a time when everything seems so out of control, and just go be the boss. 